TAVR is more inclusive than ever before. Send all severe aortic stenosis patients to a heart team for a TAVR evaluation. Consider your patient's health and lifestyle needs when determining their best treatment option. Learn more at heartvalves.com. That's heartvalves.com to learn more. Brought to you by Edwards Life Sciences. You're listening to Rock's Heart Radio from the front. Today, Roxana Mehran discusses PPE and COVID-19 with George Dangus and Ajay Kurtney. Hello, this is Roxana Moran coming to you uh, on Rock's Heart Radio. Today, we would like to, I have uh, a, a wonderful um, uh, uh, colleagues here to, to have a conversation with on personal protective equipment during COVID-19. Uh, with me today as my guests, I have Dr. George Dengis from uh, Icahn School of Medicine at Mount Sinai and Dr. Ajay Kurtane from um, uh, Columbia University, New York Presbyterian Hospital. Welcome to both of you. Thanks, Roxana. Thank you for uh, inviting us in this great session. We're, uh, we, wanna, we wanted to have a little bit of a conversation because there's been so much of the social media and press around um, personal protective equipment in hospitals for healthcare providers during this pandemic. Obviously, we heard um, early on, well, you know, you don't really need masks um, unless, you know, you're taking care of the COVID patients. Now, most recently, everyone in the hospital is wearing masks. And then the types of masks have also been um, different. Uh, the surgical masks are sort of the, the bare minimum that's been given, perhaps. But then um, the N95 masks that are much more protective have been rationed in some ways used in aerosolized um, uh, procedures and in the intensive care unit, et cetera. So I thought it would be a great idea for us to kind of have a discussion across the two medical centers that are seeing a huge, huge uh, numbers of COVID positive patients, both at New York Presbyterian Columbia, as well as at Mount Sinai. So let's start with you, Ajay. Tell us, first of all, how are you doing over there at Columbia? What's your, uh, what's your situation on on your um, senses, as well as uh, the beds, as well as the capacity, and then importantly, protecting your healthcare providers. Well, thanks, Roxana. I think first, uh, it's been a collaborative effort across all hospitals in the New York area. It's pretty amazing when you think about it that um, you know there's a competitive environment, and while we are all colleagues and friends on the doctor side just even seeing how hospitals have come together with the, the governor and everything is pretty inspiring. But I think that's because of the challenge of the, over the overwhelming numbers. The censuses at all hospitals in the city continue to keep going up. Um, the good news is that it doesn't appear to be exponential increase in terms of the beds and the admitted patients, but a steady 100, 200 patients to the system every single day is taxing to say the least. And um, I think that because these are all patients with the same sort of diagnosis. It really pushes aside all the other patients, um, and many people are afraid to come in. So our censuses are going up. It, the hospital is becoming more and more COVID only, um, and I think that we kind of recognized relatively, I, I'd say early, so maybe a couple of weeks ago, that because of this and the community spread, you pretty much had to consider any de novo patient as somebody who could potentially be COVID positive. And so that's why I think that there had been 
a lot of folks who were clamoring for better PPE and protection just so that you never knew when the patient you would see would then become positive later or have some exposure. And, and most healthcare workers are afraid not only of themselves, but perhaps even more afraid of infecting other patients or family members and the like. And so for that reason, the PPE was a big issue. I do think that overall in New York, it started to get better. Um, and curious to hear your thoughts on that. But my sense is, is that the days of no surgical masks are, are sort of, at least for us, not, not there. We're all wearing masks all the time in the hospital now. Um, there are N95s, and we've all been given N95s um, to sort of wear, and we wear surgical masks on top of it so we can reuse it. But I think that that part has, has gotten better. Um, we can probably have a bigger conversation, though, about just the situation, about the differences here versus outside the U.S. and what our Chinese colleagues tell us, because that difference is somewhat stark and disconcerting. Yeah, no, I want to I wanna go back there because it seems to me, as I'm watching the news and 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 following that uh, you know the uh, the not just healthcare providers but pretty much the general public in outside of the U.S., especially in Asia and China and Korea and Singapore. And what I'm watched is that even the people who are cleaning the streets are really well equipped. And then we hear stories about nurses who come in with their own personal protection um, equipment, like an N95 mask, and they're reported like oh, they shouldn't be wearing those. And we saw that on Twitter uh, when a nurse was fired for, for doing that. George, maybe you could tell us a little bit, uh, Dr. Dengus, about what's going on uh, over at Mount Sinai. I know you've been busy on the wards there and actually on the, on the intensive care unit uh, ECMO side yeah. team. So tell us what's going on there as far as personal protective equipment and your census. Uh, yes, great. So first of all, our ICUs, our cardiac ICUs, have all been turned into COVID ICUs. And uh, in our uh, in our experience here, the personnel of all kinds associated with them uh, actually have not turned out uh, um, a positive requiring leave. So uh, particularly the ones that have the day-to-day -day care. So it looks like those that are more... Um, oriented towards the meticulous use of the uh, uh, protective equipment have not have an obvious problem. Uh, what I think happens here is that uh, maybe consultants or maybe uh, people who visit the COVID and non-COVID patients, those that require um, to uh, take, uh, to, I guess, dress and then undress off these various equipments, maybe these exchanges are a little bit problematic, uh, more so than if you kind of uh, put the attire on and then go the full day or whatever, several hours uh, with it. Uh, I think that may end up uh, being, uh, being maybe the best way here um, than, uh, than the expectation to kind of uh, exchange in and out. And by the way, this is a way to also preserve uh, the number of uh, pressure and protective equipment used uh, as opposed to uh, kind of changing every hour or whatever, every visit. And then you need like many to go through many uh, of these uh, of these uh, gowns and uh, gloves and, and masks, um, so uh, I think that 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 may be the clue here into the uh, into the into the solution, uh, and uh, that's probably what the, that's how we have to uh, uh, gear up our work from now on. So I, I'm also like kind of want to know what what you all think. I mean, many people are calling me and asking me. 
should I be wearing a mask if I'm going outside? And to be honest with you, after I saw the numbers today in New York State, with such a huge density of patient uh, of of the population, as well as the uh, increased rates of close to 90,000 infected individuals in New York State, and a lot of them in New York uh, City. Um, I basically tell people, if you have a mask, you should wear it outside when you go to the grocery store, uh, avoid going to crowded shops, etc. Uh, I think the personal protection is not just for the healthcare providers. Of course, it should be uh, first and foremost, they should have it. Uh, but I don't, I, I also think that if, you know, people are sewing um, personal, you know, uh, masks, they should use it. Um, do you guys, what do you guys think about that? You know, well, I agree. I also think, yeah, I, I personally agree. I also think that some of these interesting videos where they show um, the particles of how when people cough or they sneeze or just when they talk, you can see what happens to the air. Um, you know, frankly, we probably should have been doing some of this, this hygienic stuff before COVID with the flu and the like, but this clearly is a different disease. So I agree with you, Roxana. I think people ought to be, and it's not just for themselves, but it's to prevent infecting other folks. Um, the other thing that just is worth pointing out, because you mentioned the, the part about coming to the hospital with your own mask and, and that sort of thing. Um, importantly today, JACO actually, of all people, issued a statement saying that um, if people bring masks to work, um, no matter what the hospital policy is, they ought to be allowed to wear them, which is, I think, a pretty important step, um, maybe a little bit too, a little, too little too late, but still good that they did nonetheless. Yeah, no, 100%. And I think that, you know, we all have families and we are all exposed uh, and very nervous about um, the implications. Um, Dr. Dengis, what's what are I, your thoughts about personal protection? I, I think a mask is better than no mask. And again, sometimes we laugh about this, uh, this uh, funny-looking masks people try to make themselves or whatever. Uh, but that's if that's all they have, that, that's probably better. This is a this is some kind of a protection. In addition to we also everybody always presumes the studies and you know you got a mask and in an ideal environment you you essentially uh, uh, looking into what the mask specifically do uh, with respect to these particles, etc. And there's a debate about that. But most importantly, I think there's a behavioral factor. The, the fact that people wear masks, this means that takes away the randomness of any, um, um, uh, of any, uh, uh, anything that might happen. And also gives an immediate message to the other people of how conscious, kind of how conscious you are about your own protection as well as their protection and kind of it all, all also kind of propagates. So makes people be a little bit more, have a little bit more conservative behavior. So yeah, I, I think I, it's like the psychology, I, right? I mean, I, I, do, I do think it does have, a, have, have an interesting um, psychological impact uh, on how people uh, think about this. So tell me, you, uh, Ajay, you said you were having some discussion with uh, our Asian colleagues. I know you're, uh, you guys are pretty close and you have daily communication. You want to you wanna sh shed some light there? Yeah, two things. One is um, one of my colleagues at Columbia, Elaine Wan, um, she, she made a really important observation and that is that even preceding this in um, Asian cultures, I'm paraphrasing her, she, she said that you know, wearing a mask is a sign of respect because you're not going to get other people sick. So that's, I think, something for the community. But then 
actually just speaking to the other folks from Wuhan and elsewhere who took care of patients in the hospital, um, they're pretty insistent that the, even the PPE that we wear with just N95 and face shield is not, oftentimes not sufficient. And the way they really got their numbers down was by you know, going you know, much more aggressive, like uh, George was mentioning, um, having COVID-only units. And then when you go in there, you're wearing the full hazmat suit. You don't take it off. And then you come out of it um, that way. You know, what I, my sense when talking to them, though, is this is something that probably happened over time. I don't know if they did that from the very beginning. I assume that they learned and then they adopted that model because once they realized how this could be transmissible, then they sort of said, well, this is the only way to prevent it. I will say, though, from a healthcare worker standpoint, most of us would feel more comfortable if I was wearing, a, I would wear a diaper and a hermetically sealed hazmat suit if I knew that when I took it off, then I wasn't going to be potentially exposed and I wouldn't be contaminating my family and others to what was going on. Don't, don't you agree, Roxana? What do you think? No, 100%. I mean, I personally, um, when this whole thing started a couple of weeks ago, when we started to see the numbers just surging like crazy, uh, one of the things I... Um, I was thinking is should should they all be in one big room rather than these private rooms and that the <clears throat> physicians go in completely suited up completely protected the entire healthcare team goes in there for four or five hours shifts and takes care of the the, the patients all in that room uh and then comes out you know and and so and the, they're all COVID positive and pretty much we're at a volume now that you could say that there is a, you could even group the patients into, um, you know, moderate symptoms to high risk or intermediate to high and extremely high risk patients and really have units that um, are caring for these patients accordingly and have protocols that you could use, um, you know, in a standard way to all of them. But look, we're learning as we're going along. And what I heard today that I think is, was really like really hit me hard is that the apex is not um, coming until end of April and that with the projections of the IHME um, models that we could have uh, about 93,000 deaths in the United States uh, when this is uh, plateaued, not even over. So well, I think this is less than 100 to 200,000. That's good. Yeah, but, you know, of course, that means we really, really have to get our, our, our arms around this, and it's, it's very, very scary. Well, I really want to thank both of you for this wonderful uh, conversation. I do know that personal protection is incredibly important. We have to use all of the hygienic um, uh, uh, techniques that have been given to us, uh, frequent hand washing, sanitizers, cleaning, all of those things, but as, but as far as the um, healthcare workers, um, I really do believe for, uh, that there is absolutely no reason why uh, a physician, a nurse, a janitor, a, um, any healthcare provider uh, who is working around the COVID-19 um, pandemic should be exposed unnecessarily or not be given personal protection. And, um, it's it's what it's it's right it's it's their right and I think we need to make sure that they're all those uh, those possibilities. Thank you again for your uh, for this conversation and I look forward to chatting more uh, on this uh, on the front.